God designed the church this way. Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a Presbyterian classes, uh, right, those right. Kind of, and there's a local church. Both are necessary to right. be to be the church. If you if you will not if you will not minister in the greater church outside of, of where you're ministering in the local church, then you've got to you've got to settle that with how God designed the church. Welcome to From the Classroom of Hutterberg Theological Seminary. I'm Dr. Mosley. With me, I've got Dr. Kerner and one of our new uh, faculty members here, Dr. Morgan. Thank you. Uh, we're going to be talking today about being a churchman. What exactly does it mean to be a churchman? And this is uh, something that is uh, a blessing to all of us that do get to work in the church, but it's also something that Uh, is a concern for many of us. What does it mean to be a churchman? And the passage to introduce uh, this particular podcast, this episode, is going to come from Acts 15, verse 22. And to set up a little bit of the context here, there's been uh, what what we could consider a a large uh, church meeting, synod meeting, uh, general assembly, whatever uh, we want to call it. And it's the council in Jerusalem and it's dealing with the issues in Galatia. And the Apostle Peter speaks up, uh, one of the elders who becomes a minister there in Jerusalem, James, speaks up. And then we hear these words in Acts 15, 22. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brethren. And then we recognize they wrote a letter to take from the apostles, the elders, and the brethren at this council to all of these churches in that Galatia area uh, in order to deal with uh, conflict that had risen in uh, those churches in Galatia. And I, and I think for, for our purposes, this is where we get to see, uh, as Dr. Kerner and I have spoken many times before, this is where we get to see the larger body of Christ, not just the, the local church, but the larger body of Christ and the, the men in the church being leaders and examples and then helping each other out with conflict, with resolution, uh, with issues uh, from church to church. I'm really glad that we are talking about this. I think there are, um, I see a lot of um, men who or I should say a lot of ways in which this issue is not appreciated or followed as it ought to be, in particularly in two areas. First of all, in terms of the work of pastors. The work of pastors are, of course, very busy, um, and, and everybody has their favorite things to do and their interest. And, and I have seen from time to time and, and continue to see a lot of men who, are, who find the work of, of classes and synod to be just a burdensome thing to do and, and, and not see it as part of the fuller work of their ministry. And so I think there's that aspect. Uh, how should we approach, how should we think about our work beyond the local congregation in pastoring our people, our members? Secondly, uh, is that on the part of uh, the elders in the local church who know that their pastor is busy and so there's kind of this, this is a bit of an overstatement, 
but there's a little bit of this sense of, well, we're paying him to work here for us. Um, and uh, why should we have him gone uh, three days next week and five days the following week and, uh, and uh, do, you know, even perhaps a trip for missions and, 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 and so on. He, you're taking him away from our work in the church and our work in the church here locally comes first. So those are two areas in which I think there's a lack of appreciation of what we're referring to in terms of the church and the work of, uh, of pastors being churchmen. I think it's very helpful to establish the subject. I, I remember early on when I was uh, probably within my first year, second year, being in Pierre, South Dakota, that a retired minister in that congregation and a mentor of mine had, had reminded me that, yeah, my call is to the local church, but I'm a minister of the RCUS, and that my credentials are in the Northern Plains classes. In other words, that work at Senate and at classes is just as important as visiting the shut-ins and those in the hospital and preaching the gospel there. In other words, all of it is part of my office. All of it is a part of my work. And uh, by the way, let's introduce real quick Dr. Morgan. He is a minister in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. He is our token Presbyterian on the staff and the faculty and has comes with many years of pastoral experience and uh, and many labels. You've had many labels over the years. Yeah, a lot of labels. Yeah, some we will not repeat on air. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I know I'm, I, I knew if I started to uh, talk about this subject, um, uh, my my good friend and colleague, Dr. Mosley, would say, "Here we go again." Um, <laughs> well, you know, in the OPC and on Presbyterian churches, we view the Presbytery and the whole church as a church, not a, a yeah. just a deliberative assembly. Um, that's, there's varying shades of that in the Reformed community, and I'm very pleased to be uh, associated with a, a, a group of uh, a group of churches that, that sees that in, in much the same light, practically, as the OPC does. The thing is that concern for the church uh, is about risking your life for it. Yeah. Um, the only, only, only person in our denomination who has to actually make a vow to die for the gospel is the pastor. Mm. Um, I, I don't know why that is, probably because he gets a lot of criticism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's, this you, you got into this, this is what's going to happen. You should be joyful when you do it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've learned in the last few months anyway. Um, <clears throat> so it says, you know, we choose, we choose these men to go and deliver this letter, which they don't answer any of the questions. Right. Except any Because they're, they're stupid questions, if right. we would say stupid. Um, Therefore, uh, we have sent our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name yeah. of the Lord Jesus Christ. More than that, any other thing that qualifies those guys to do that. Absolutely. Um, Paul, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 11, uh, yeah. long about verse 28. Thanks for that before we started, by the way. Um, is, is that he had been persecuted and imprisoned and beaten with rods and thrown and shipwrecked and all those things. And he did it as he was daily, had a great burden for the church. The churches he's planted and the other churches that he's written to that he had nothing to do with. Yeah. He's concerned for them all. That burden. That, yeah. It's a, you know, something you said there reminds me, and I've, Dr. Kerner and I have talked about this for since I've been here for about two years now. Mm-hmm. I came during, during 2020 in the, in the heat of the pandemic. 
And one of the things you brought up there was the being willing to die, right? And I remember, I remember, and and this brother was well intentioned. I mean, let's let's face it, that was a that was a serious struggle that hit the church. And he he asked me because I was completely against listening to the governor telling me how to do church. He had no business, especially that governor. And um, a, a good a good brother in the Lord said, "Well, <clears throat> you would still have worship services." And I said, "Yeah." He says, "Well, what would you do if the police showed up?" I said, "I would." And I said this, and this is the Irish in me. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> I said, "I would join." Peter, John, and Paul in prison for preaching the gospel. Yeah, it's good, good company there. I, and then he says, well, what about your family? I said, God will take care of my family. My calling to serve him needs to trust him with my life and my family. It isn't, it isn't a, uh, it isn't a uh, failure to go to prison for the right thing. Right. Um, or, or to be crucified. Right. Certainly, certainly, we want to try to be very careful about that and be and be clever in what we're doing. And there's ways that we can do that to avoid an open out necessarily confrontation. But ultimately, uh, yes, we are called upon to minister to uh, to our people. If I may, just for a moment, to go back and clarify a, a bit technically here, a couple of things uh, that have been said uh, in the passage there. The idea of, of what is church. Um, I think we make a great mistake when we fail to see the various nuances of meanings that we find for the word church in, in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts. Because as we read, it was the whole council meeting, all the delegates from all the churches, and it said the whole church. And then they went and took that to the whole church. So certainly uh, we ought to recognize that the church is bigger than the local congregation. There are nuances of how people understand that, but clearly the church is bigger yeah. than that. Second thing I wanted to uh, follow up on something that I said earlier, and I think we've kind of laid the groundwork for this now, for the local church to understand, and I sort of use the common uh, uh, thinking that is often, while well, we pay our preacher to work for us. It's not a matter of payment. It's a matter of we are responsible so that he can do his calling. Um, and we are providing for his family because we expect him to give his full time to his calling. But here's the thing then, his calling is larger hmm. than ministering to the church. It's primary, but it's larger than that. There's and also, um, yeah, I just, uh, I remember seeing and um, hearing in a sermon uh, where the preacher was it was a Presbyterian sermon or something like that. I remember that context. He said, "Look, um, God designed the church this way. Uh-huh. There's there's a there's a Presbyterian classes, uh, right? Those right. Kind of, and there's a local church. Both are necessary to right. be to be the church. If you if you will not if you will not minister in the greater church outside of, of where you're ministering in the local church, then you've got." You'll settle that with how God designed a church then. Well, and fundamentally, at the end of the day, and this is what we do see in Galatians, is Paul held Peter accountable for what he was doing in that region, right? So the Presbytery, the classes, that's a regional set of churches there, or as, you know, regional church. And same with you get to the, the national, you know, the Senate, the General Assembly. And 
that's where that happens. That's where we're able to hold our men accountable, even elders, as they're there, are able to then be held accountable to the work that's ho- ha- supposed to be happening in the local church. You said something I just, I'm in, um, in my recent um, very large assignment that I finished, um, there was uh, a number of interviews I did with serving elders and pastors all, in all of our denominations of, that we have. Um, and something came up several times, and it was from pastors and elders together. And I said, well, what, what do you do practically to train your elders and to do, your, to do their job? Um, and he, a few of them said, I make them go. I, I implore them. I beg them to go to Presbytery with me. Ooh. Well, to get, take a day of vacation. And we do that before we ordain them. Like you're going to have to take one day of vacation to do this because this is important to know what goes on. Yeah, it's not it's not just a time of fellowship and I mean, it's work. Yeah, I mean well, it's, it's yeah. not time off. No. And even in picking up from um, what you said a moment ago, Doctor Mosley, in, in terms of accountability, this larger church is not just getting together with a bunch of local pastors and sharing issues with them uh, or so on. There is a point in which there's an accountability. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of the independent model, yes, we have coffee with other pastors, and they help me out, I help them out, and so on. No, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an authority structure that we are answerable to. Yes. One of the terminologies that we use a, a fair amount is mutual submission. Mm. Um, that's how the church works. That's how God designed the church. And that's, that, that this is what we've been talking about here is sort of a very broad stroke of what it means to be a churchman. And he knew what he was doing when he designed the church. He knew. Well, and I think I think that mutual submission, and it, this is one of the things that I have appreciated about being uh, in a denomination like the RCUS, is when we have at, at our classes and at our synod, when we have fraternal delegates from the OPC, the URC, and they come and they bring sometimes a bit of criticism. I, I don't know if I've, I might have heard occasional rebuke. We listen. And, of course, we can dish it out, too. And we're certainly not shy to bring that to us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> not shy but about bringing that to But I think that, that shows something that's, that's that what is, is, is seen when we're, when we're considering not only the Corinthians passage, but also the Acts passage. Hmm. That, uh, you know, while we have different denominations, federations, whatever you want to end up calling it, we're still all one body and accountable to each other. So, for instance, um, if the RCUS were to change something in its standards, and it's the three forms of unity, we have to tell our brethren, hey, we're moving in this direction. And I know the OPC would do the same thing when it comes to the Westminster Standards. They have to inform their fraternal delegates, hey, we're moving in this direction. Um, especially if it's substantive. Sure. Uh, yeah, because our, our fraternity That's is right. not of, uh, of sentimentality. No. That's right. Although it carries that. Right. <laughs> Got a lot of good friends in other it, places, but it's, it's right. based on, our, on the gospel, on the truth, That's on right. what we believe. And part, we part of the reason I say that is I think we have some guys who not only do they insulate where it's just local church, just local church work, but then it's just denominational work. If, and, and then there's no aspect of the ecumenical, which in the RCUS can be a bad word because 
the whole ecumenical movement. Uh, and they stole that word, and, and the word is did. actually a very good it's word. It's a very good word. But And so inner, inner church relations is yeah. now what, you know, a lot of what we use. It seems, it seems better to us to use inner church relations. Right. Too, of course, right? in all of these things, uh, there's always the potential for misuse, and we have all yep. have our experiences with abuse. Yeah. Uh, and so we shy away from some things, etc. But uh, absolutely, I think as soon as you start going in the direction of, well, we just don't have time or resources, and uh, we're just small, and we don't really need to know what's going on. We're just going to take care of ourselves and maybe our immediate neighbors. Uh, it, it seems to me that there's always a sense in which I don't like what other people are saying about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that mutual submission. I don't want that criticism. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be by myself. That's what was. Maybe that's a bit really, of a broad stroke there, but well, I, I think, think that's I think, usually involved in it. It's very difficult to go to a brother and say, I think you're doing that wrongly. Well, it's very difficult to hear a brother say. Right. Well, and that's but and there's, the denomination. There's, yeah, that's right. But there's the accountability that Paul, I don't think we need to do it the way Paul did it to Peter. It seemed like in Galatians, they were in the middle of a fellowship meal, and Paul says, what are you doing, you knucklehead? Yeah. You, you ate this way when they weren't around, and now they're around, you're not eating this way. And I don't think that's, that's the best way of handling it today. Um, but it still is one of the ways that it could be handled. Mm-hmm. Paul obviously did it, and it was recorded in Scripture. Yet, I think there is a level of sensitivity that, you know, we've got a guy who... Uh, uh, may not, whoever it is, uh, recognize this work in this court is the work of the church. And then, I, I, uh, Dr. Morgan pointed out earlier, the vulnerability of ministry. We already have a raw nerve in preaching and in doing work in the, in the local consistory and spiritual council of dealing with sinners on their doorsteps, in their living rooms, to then jump into a classes meeting and have to give a parochial report, there's, it's raw. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's wide open. And then to give, you know, when, you're, when it feels like you're getting beat up at the local level, mm. do I really want to go to classes and get beat up there? Well, our last meeting um, you carried can, a lot of that in there. We can right. really see all that at the same time, uh, what, a, what a tremendous uh, encouragement it is uh, to see how um, we um, are all struggling with things as fellow pastors. It's not John Wayne. It's it's, it's the courage of weakness to, to yes. admit you're wrong and you need help. And that's what at our last classes meeting, which which you were present for most yeah. of it, yeah. um, <clears throat> very sincere meeting, very sincere meeting. Yeah, and I I was thoroughly blessed with it all, and uh, many tears, and yeah. and the rawness of it all. Was what run out. Yeah. yeah, was what I think what we need to be reminded. Hey, this court is not just judicial. And I've had I had a hard time. I don't know about you, brother. Uh, I had a hard time with some congregations explaining to them spiritual counsel is not just a room for judicial cases or administrative. It's a yeah right. It's yeah. it's a room for counsel, for help. We want to administer the gospel, and. All of that happening at the spiritual council, classes, 
Senate, that's what those meetings are about. Even when we're having to deal with the budget. Well, they're a, they're, they're a love fest, or ought to be. Right. Um, it doesn't have to look like. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, you, you find that uh, sometimes in, in, in upper court business, it turns so formal and so, um, well, let's see if I can do Robert's Rules of Order better than you can. Yeah. Um, and the answer is you can. Yeah. There's, there's a time and a place for yeah. that, too. And, and yet, you know the man's trying to get at a point. Right. You know what he's trying to say. Right. And you're trying to keep him from saying it by doing other things. But love is the way to go. Well, that takes us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to From the Classroom of Heidelberg Theological Seminary. We're going to continue this discussion. We're going to move from being the, the churchman to probably talking about some, what is it, what is, what is that denominational work that we need to be about? And I'm uh, looking forward to having that discussion. Thank you for listening. <laughs>